and welcome back to Corruption of Child Protective Services. I am your host, David Shore. Now today, I, like I said in my last episode, I have an appointment. I don't know if I'll be coming back, but uh, I'd like to pass on some information, especially those living in California. Now you remember the Adoption Incentives Program where they give money to states. Well, I'd like to uh, tell you the years. If you know who was governor at that time, then you pretty much, and what political party they were in, then you pretty much know how the next four years are going to go. Now, in California, now I have the information right here. In California alone, in 1998, they paid out $3,916,000. Now, this is through CPS gets this. In 99, it jumped to $11,698,000. In 2000, it went up to $12,434,000. In 2001, it dropped to $4,388,000. Now, 2002, 2003, 2004, 2005, 2006, in California and 2007, in fact, if we go back to 2002, that was a year after 9-11. Maybe 9-11 had something to do with why they couldn't give out incentives. But when 2008 came around, when Barack Obama became president, figure out who was governor, the incentives then were $1,504,960. But in 2009, 2010, 2011, 2012, 2013, no money was paid. No adoptions were money was sent. 2014, 130,000. 2015, from 2014 to 2015, it went from 130,000 up to five million one hundred sixty thousand five hundred dollars. 2016, $11,620,000. So you had approximately $6 million more. Then it went back down in 2017 to $8,006,000. 2018, it went down to $7,715,000. 2019, it went down again to $2,630,000. Currently, I do not have any information on that. But you can pretty much tell that uh, these states, states like California, who are in financial straits, not just because of COVID, but also the money they spend to remove children. Those of you that think, oh no, they don't get bonuses, especially CPS social workers, then how do you explain giving incentives to adopt children out. Remember the state of Indiana for 2019. Last year they got a bonus for 2019. For adopting the most children out. 
I didn't know uh, kidnapping children, tra sex trafficking, things like that. You know, you made money off of that as a government official. Hmm? If you look at somebody like Nancy Pelosi, been in uh, politics for a long time, Joe Biden, Mitch McConnell, check Go ahead and Google up any politician. See what their current net worth is. Because you know they can't make money off of anything else unless, of course, they're writing a book. And I think they have to get permission to do that. But they make money. Hundreds of millions of dollars. Here we are. We have a list of people that actually states that are making money off of our children. But there is an interesting note, and I'd like to bring it up to you. And if you're in one of these states, I want to go with Alabama, Alaska, and Arizona. 1998, they received nothing. In 99, Alabama received $108,000 adoption incentive. Alaska received $166,000 for adoption incentive. Arizona. $1,320,000 adoption incentive. The numbers continued to go up from there. They fluctuated a little, but for the most part, they were making money. Except for 2002. For some reason, 2002, a year after that, nobody was making any money. You mean to tell me they weren't taking kids? I continue to look, and if you look, and it's called the Adoption and Legal Guardianship Incentive Payment Program, and in Earning History, listen to this, they call it the Earning History by State, for years 1998 to 2019, fiscal years. Go ahead and check it out. You see... It doesn't matter who's in the White House, unless, of course, they're giving out money. Now, why the Trump administration would give $5 million to the state of Indiana for 2,406 children, even though they say 2,489, I still want to know how, where those other 86 children went to. They give them $5 million for that. On top of the $2 million or more that they gave them. Boy, oh boy. And then those same politicians who I mentioned last time. But hey, those politicians, Republican, Democrat, more Republican than Democrat, if you ask me, at least the way the story went. Looks like, as people would say, they can't keep it in their pants. I mean, come on. When you reach a pinnacle, a certain level, you mean to tell me that because you've been in politics or something, you just get in there, you think because of... You know, who you are or who your family is or maybe your ethnic 
background or whatever, you seem to think that you're entitled. Yet CPS, if you don't make a certain amount of money, they start taking your kids. They use anything. They use exigent circumstances. I've been going over the laws again. And I'll tell you, I don't know, you people in California may already know this. They passed a law that if a, there's a 10-year difference between the alleged perpetrator and the alleged victim, and I am using that because I don't know which way, but the person who has sex, let's say that the person is 20 years old and has sex with a 10-year-old. According to that, they don't, I'll have to reread it, but they basically can get a slap on the wrist and say, don't do it again. Now, here in Indiana, we have the Romeo and Juliet law. And what that is, if, let's say, a 15-year-old and 17-year-old are dating, the 17-year-old turns 18. If the 18-year-old is charged with a crime, a, a sex offense crime, that is what they call a mitigating circumstance. Which means, okay, if they were dating before, let's say, the boy turned 18, then we can let that slide. According to California, if there's a 10-year gap, that's a mitigator. No, that's not. Because what does a 20-year-old have anything in common with a 10-year-old? And I'm just using that number because that's the way the law is written. You starting to get sick? Yeah. I get sick to my stomach. I could see if you're in school and there's like a three or four year gap between the two of you. And you just turn 18. You know, the mitigator should be, okay, they were dating before, you know, just be a little bit more careful. But um, laws that give 10 years or more leeway, that's that's not responsible governing. What it is is that you might as well throw all the laws out the window, empty out all the prisons. Get rid of all the registries. And just say you can do whatever you want. What if they say about murder? What if someone shoots you? Or shoots a family member? Should that person just, oh, just slap on the wrist? Oh, didn't mean to do it? Think of any of the laws. I think you'll find out that if we don't have laws... You can't have one side say, we don't need laws. Then all of a sudden, when someone does something to that person, all of a sudden, arrest them. When we come back, I'll continue on this. And we're back. I was just, uh, during the break, I was thinking, 
and I believe I have said this before, that Child Protective Services is only administrative. It's not a law enforcement agency. Yet, I have told you that their definition of exigent circumstances is basically got to keep the child away from the parents and the parents away from the child because it could interfere in their investigation. It also sounds like they don't want CPS doesn't want you to talk to a lawyer or anything. That's why I also brought up the Hatch Act, the Hatch Letter. If you've done that, I know that the, or I believe, and I bet that the school balked at it. They said, we don't need this. Your child is perfectly safe. Still insist on having that there. Make a, uh, see, find out where you can get the card made up, whereby law enforcement can't talk to them without a lawyer present, without you present. Have the, you know, work with your child. If you were grown up and told not to talk to strangers, then if you remember the term playing deaf and dumb, maybe the child should just be told, hey, don't say anything. Uh, If they try to talk to you and they don't let you call us, when you get home, we won't get mad at you or anything. We'll just contact a lawyer. Now, if you know, if someone says, hey, CPS is investigating you, immediately get on the phone and talk to a lawyer. Don't talk to CPS. Don't talk to law enforcement. I mean, I've heard several law enforcement officers saying you do not have to talk to them. You don't have to let them in your home without a warrant or a court order. If you're driving down the road, if they pull you over, if they ask for your identification, I know there are people who say you don't have to do it. You have the right to ask, why am I being pulled over? If they will not, and also, since it's in your vehicle, you have the right to film what's going on. Use it in a court of law. In other words, record everything. Make sure that you are using this. Now, for the law enforcement officers that don't want to be videotaped, the CPS that doesn't want to be videotaped, they have something to hide. They really do. Why don't they want to be filmed? Because if they're doing something wrong, if they don't want to be filmed, that recorded, then that means they are doing something wrong. If it's just a, just something simple, like they want to talk to you, then you can always talk to them after you talk to your lawyer and you do it at their offices. Or at a neutral place, maybe the lawyer's office. But always consult a lawyer. Don't say anything. Don't volunteer shit. Don't volunteer your name unless they need verification. It says, are you John Smith? 
Now, some people would say, may I ask why, may I ask what this is in reference to? They may say, well, we need to talk to John Smith about, we're investigating something. Say, well, I need to talk to my lawyer first. We can speak when my lawyer is present. Now, are you in trouble for not giving your name? I am going to say right now, consult a lawyer on this. Because it's a very fine line. It's very tricky. Some sources will say, online sources will say yes. Others will say no. Talk to a lawyer. Find out what the lawyer has to say. If the lawyer says, hey, look, if they ask for your name and stuff, then just follow whatever advice your lawyer gives. But be careful. And remember the read technique. Remember what they'll do. They'll do everything except listen to your side of the story. So... When, and the only reason why I'm bringing this out again is because this whole thing going on in Washington, everything starts in Washington, D.C. The laws, you name it. If you are in Washington, D.C. or in other states where the National Guard have shown up or the military has shown up, do your research. Find out why they're there. If you're getting conflicting stories, then use your best judgment. Keep your family close. Do whatever you have to to keep your family together. If they have a court order or a warrant, contact your lawyer. If you don't have a lawyer, get one. Whatever you have to say, say it to the lawyer. Do not say it to law enforcement. It they, they come, you say, can I see the warrant? Or can I see the court order? They show it. Say, I will give this to my lawyer. If CPS says I have to take the children, then that's a whole another ball of wax. That's a can of worms that I know a lot of you don't want to facing due to COVID some states are already talking and I've mentioned this before that though if the bills get passed if it becomes law that they can come in if they suspect you're asymptomatic for COVID-19 they can take your children under a health risk They'll call it exigent circumstances. Yet that's not the definition. I mean, the Constitution clearly states that states shall not pass or enforce any laws that infringes on the privileges and immunities of its citizens. So, as I go to this appointment, I will say this. You know when I post, and I know I've just posted three things within a few days, but I do want to get this out. If you do not hear 
another posting for two weeks. Use the information I have. Use it against them. I'm here in South Bend, Indiana, so chances are I'll be in the St. Joseph County Jail if you don't hear from me. If I return after my appointment today, I will post yet another video. Video, yeah, right. I'll post another recording. You know what I mean. It's early in the morning, please. Oh. So, I will say this to all the countries, especially the two newest one, Poland and Mexico. Thank you very much for listening. I was always told for years that by using a personal touch, by giving out the information that the other podcasts on this subject do not touch, they touch about, oh, well, this family got, you know, ripped apart by here, ripped apart by there, CPS did this illegally. I hope by using just Indiana's laws and showing the things that's going on around the world, the international laws, things like that, my hope is that it will help you, give you incentive, give you the courage and the confidence to fight against an agency that since 1601 has been oppressing and abusing their authority. First, because the, the royal, the queen of England at that time, Queen Elizabeth, thought it was a good idea, and the parliament went along with it. Oh, yes, yes, sounds good. But we know that it tears families apart. Those in the UK and your royal highness, if you're listening to this, and Boris Johnson, if you're listening to this, or any of your people, I may not be around but my listeners are and they're getting sick and tired they're not going to take it anymore they're doing whatever they have to to defend their families and for you my loyal listeners thank you you give me the courage and the strength to continue on even when I see what's going on out there when I hear more and more countries slowly are listening. I'm hoping that you're all taking action. Because after all, God bless you with the children. Not the royal family. Not the, pre- the governments of the world. Not the Vatican. <laughs> By the way, those around the Vatican and Italy, if you know anyone there, Let's just say that uh, they're having their lights out and having other punishment. There's an old saying, punishment is fitting the crime. So, I will post another episode after my appointment. And I'll really go into the reason why I have these appointments with law enforcement. Hopefully you'll still be listening. This is David Shore for Corruption of Child Protective Services. 
May God watch over you. May you continue fighting. And may we all meet up and our governments are the servants of us instead of the other way around. <laughs>